Welcome back, everyone. We're Stacy and Pete, and it's the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. This week, just a little fun thing I would share. If you follow us on our social media, you've already seen this. But I finally started putting some of my nostalgic things on the new shelves that we got for our nostalgia room. And I ran across this photo album in a bin, (laughs) (laughs) a big photo album. And I had filled it with New Kids on the Block stuff from like that late 80s, early 90s. Most notably, the pictures that I took of my TV screen, (laughs) okay? While I was like playing different videos and concerts of theirs. I mean, this was the original screenshot. It was, I never did that. You know, I actually, I felt really like nervous to share this because I just felt so stupid. I was like, am I really (laughs) gonna put this out there? Because I mean, the album is full of these photos. And I've put little captions next to them. <laughs> the one that people notice the most is when I point out the uh, pelvic thrust <laughs> in Valentine Girl. <laughs> and I was young, you know. But anyway, just thinking about the fact that, like, I took those pictures, but, you know, it was the early 90s. So it's not like I knew how they turned out. Right. And the fact that I had to, like, wait a week to get them back at least like four days or something. We were so much more patient back then because we had to be. But I remember that feeling many, many times in my life of waiting to get my pictures developed. And I remember my mom would drop them off when she went to get groceries Mm. because there would be like a little place at the store. Yeah. Or I remember even going with her and like dropping them in the, you know, like you- Little bin. You have to fill out the- Oh, that's right. You put them in like an envelope or something, right? Yeah. And then put the little film canisters in there and then drop it in. Yeah. Or put it in a basket or something. Then you just trust that nobody swipes them. Right. Um, (laughs) But I remember that feeling of just thinking constantly about the pictures and how I couldn't wait to get them back. Not necessarily (laughs) for these. I mean, I probably was excited for these, but for other ones, like when I had a picture taken with a boy I liked or, you know, something like that. And you just like. Fingers crossed. Like, I hope they're good. I can't wait to see that one. And then you get them and they're like blurry Blurry. like these were or someone's eyes are closed or whatever. There's a finger over it. Yes. But not only did I have those, like I had parts of the new kids board game in there and magazine cutouts. And then in the same bin, which it may have fallen out of the album, actually, now Mm -hmm. that I think about it, because I have a picture of myself getting this. But I found the ticket stub. From the first time that I saw them in concert. Oh, wow. Which was on August 8th, 1990. Where was it? It was in Atlanta. It was at... At the Omni? It was at Grant Field. Oh, okay. Like Georgia Tech. Yeah. And it's so fun to see. I'm so happy because like I've always kept my concert tickets, but like later on when I really started going to concerts in my 20s, you know? Right, right. But I'm so happy that I still had that. I don't know if I have... I think I have the one from the other time I saw them also in 1990, like in November, I think. Two in one year. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. those those were the only two times that I saw them back in the day, like at the height Mm -hmm. of everything. Were you just wild? I was wild. Yo, I'm wild. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, ow. Okay. Actually, I think she goes like, y'all, I'm wild. (laughs) <laughs> it's, like, it's more so just a, a statement of fact. <laughs> Sorry. Just so you know, I'm wild. 
Here, put your feet up. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, these tickets were $25 for a stadium show. This was on a huge summer tour at the height of their fame, which, by the way, I have always remembered it as the Magic Summer Tour. But on the ticket, it says Magical Summer Mm -hmm. Tour. And that feels weird. Listen, memories are flawed, but they're close. (laughs) Right. But then I was like, is that (laughs) Mandela effect? Ooh, what's the password? Don't say it on here. I can't say it on here. Don't say it on here. (laughs) But I'm like, did I jump timelines? And I'm now in one where it was the magical summer tour because I knew it as the magic summer tour. It's interesting. Do we need to share what what I just asked means? Like, they're not going to know what the password means. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Well, I feel like we've mentioned it before, but go ahead. No, I don't know if you actually explained it, though. We have a dimensional password (laughs) to make sure that we both have and share the same password because we're from this dimension (laughs) or this universe. Yes. We are the Stacey and Pete of this universe and not another one. (laughs) And full admission, we've both failed a couple times. So, so no telling. Knows? Right. We just watched uh, everything everywhere all at once. So it's like, am I Alpha Pete or is, uh, you know, is this Pete 4205? <laughs> no telling. By the way, that's a wild, fun, mind blowing movie. And you it should is. watch it. It's a unique experience. All right. It's time for show and tell. Here we go. Who we got? This week we have Liz. Liz was born in 1981, so she is... 40. 40. I'm 40. She's 40. That's from Big Mouth, by the way. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We're not just randomly saying she's 40. Sick references, bro. All right, Liz's favorite 80s movie. One we've covered here recently, Troop Beverly Hills. What a thrill. What a thrill. Liz's favorite 80s song. It's so hard not to sing it. All Night Long by Lionel Richie. Favorite 90s movie, Clueless. I feel like out of all of our show and tells, Clueless is probably mentioned the most. Yeah. Favorite 90s movie. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? I would say so as well. We need to go through and rank these at like the end of the year or something. Yeah. I feel like Follow Closely by Romeo Michelle. Mm. Her favorite 90s song, Always Be My Baby by Mariah Carey. Favorite 80s or 90s TV shows, Growing Pains, Full House, The Real World, A Reading Rainbow, (laughs) and Mickey Mouse Club, M-I-C, see you real soon. The toy that she loved most as a child, her rainbow bright doll. Favorite game or book that she loved as a child or teenager? The Girl Talk board game and books, anything by R.L. Stein. Favorite place to go in the mall? Deb, Spencer's Gifts, and Sam Goody. Classics. And then, of course, you know, we always ask if there's anything else that anyone wants to add. She said, peak 90s was when I won premiere tickets to My Father the Hero on the local radio station, 97.5 WPST. No, 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 no. It's 97.5 WPST. <laughs> 
Uh, that would be peak 90s for me, too. I loved My Father the Hero. We just watched that. We did. Pete had never seen it before. I had not. And it, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed that movie. Both of you. I wanted my very own Ben to meet on vacation. <laughs> I always thought that was going to happen. You're just waiting for it. Well, thank you, Liz. Thanks for sharing, Liz. That was fun. It Sorry, was. we're a little silly. We are in a very good mood today. Yes. <laughs> if you'd like to participate in our show and tell, you can email us at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod. You can find us on TikTok at we don't want to grow up. We have a great Facebook group, the Cozy Club, fans of we don't want to grow up. You can help support the podcast by becoming a member of our Patreon. You'll gain access to bonus episodes like our Pilots on Patreon series, where we discuss pilot episodes of nostalgic TV shows. Dear Diary episodes that are a little too embarrassing for Stacy to read on our regular podcast. <laughs> Just don't tell anyone what you hear on our Patreon. It's a secret. What happens on Patreon stays on Patreon. Uh, we also play games and share more lists of favorites. And this summer, we're having a very special summer reading series where we're reading a Babysitter's Club book that our patrons voted on. And you can join at patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. And if you enjoy our podcast, make sure you're following us and subscribed on whatever platform you're listening on so you never miss an episode. And one other thing you can do, please leave us a five-star rating on whatever platform it is that you listen on, if it supports it. And a kind review, if that's how you feel. We love it. And if you don't like it, maybe just don't say anything at all. Yeah. Do us a solid. What did my mom say? If you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Your mom suddenly has a Southern accent. She's a Southern bale. <laughs> it only takes a few seconds of your time and it helps us out so much. And you can also help by sharing about it on your social media or by word of mouth with anybody that you think might like it. Make a poster and put it up at your local roller skating rink. <laughs> put a sign in your front yard. <laughs> All right, this week we are covering National Lampoon's European Vacation. This came out in 1985. Now, we covered Vacation, which came out in 83, about a year ago. It was actually in August. Was it? It was. Wow. Episode 72, if you haven't listened to that yet. We have an amazing amount of episodes. I am so impressed with how many episodes <laughs> we have done. It's wild. Wow. There we go again. <laughs> I remember because I was so excited because Anthony Michael Hall shared about it in his stories. That is exciting. That was big time. Yeah. And it still is. That's like a close second to when he shared the poll that I did that was between him and Robert Downey Jr. And he... Shared it and then tagged RDJ in it. <laughs> I'm like, what? That is fun. Yeah. And of course, we have also covered Christmas Vacation, which came out in 89. That was in early days. Yes. <laughs> Episode 17. I just re-listened to that one. I've been listening to our podcast to go to sleep. And I remember that one was playing as I was falling asleep. <laughs> I don't know how you could possibly sleep when we're so hilarious. We are hilarious. I have to turn it down to where it's barely a whisper and you're generally already asleep. But there's been a couple of times where I'm sitting over there like laughing at myself or you. 
uh, <laughs> on these. So I have to turn it way, 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 way down to where I pretty much can't even hear it. Is this something you should admit on the podcast? <laughs> cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> Pete really loves him, some Stacey and Pete. <laughs> <laughs> They're my favorite podcast. <laughs> I feel like we're friends. I feel like I know you. <laughs> I know all about you. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember, though, when we made a huge, huge error that we got called out on immediately. We did. We called the dog, whose actual name is Snots, in uh, Christmas Vacation. We called him the wrong name. We called him Snarf. <laughs> Who is a character on Thundercats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we went straight to the vice principal's office on that one. Yes, we did. And rightfully so. We messed it up. Yes, but we were we were very very young in our podcast. We were. It's like experience. Is that a right phrasing? Yes, and I feel like we were doing a lot of it from memory at that point. Yeah, we definitely had a different process then. Yeah, and we also used to get very drunk. Well, yes, we did, <laughs> and I think I might have written that one. So that's also oh, uh, yeah. a, a good explainer as to why it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't suck. We just you know made some mistakes. It's fine as you do. So this isn't our first rodeo with the Griswolds and their antics. And this time, the family are contestants on a game show. Pig and a poke. Pig and a poke. Pig and a poke. It pays to be a glutton. Pig and a poke. Oink! 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 Pig and a poke. Where they accidentally win an all-expenses-paid trip to Europe. And of course, having already seen them on a family vacation before, we were all there for yet another one. What would it be like to see the Griswolds in England or France or Italy or Germany? Well, it'd be a big show, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't expect anything less. So this one was directed by Amy Heckerling and written by Robert Klein. And the story, of course, was by John Hughes. So the cast, we have the Griswolds. Chevy Chase as Clark, Clark W. Griswold. Beverly D'Angelo as Ellen W. Griswold. <laughs> Dana Hill as Audrey, which was previously played by Dana Barron. Little sad story about Dana Hill. She had diabetes and it affected her physical growth. So she had always played younger well into her adult years. I think she was 21 when they did this. Mm -hmm. But she did a lot of voice acting for cartoons like Mighty Mouse, The New Adventure, Pound Puppies, Gummy Bears, Darkwing Duck, and Goof Troop. She was Max Goof. Oh. But she sadly passed away in 96 at the age of 32 oh. due to complications from her diabetes. Well, that sucks. I know. On a lighter note, Jason Lively played Russell Rusty Griswold, which was the role previously played by Anthony Michael Hall, which we mentioned previously, our best friend. <laughs> so Jason is, of course, the brother of Robin Lively and the half-brother of Blake Lively. Yes, we've talked about the whole Robin-Blake relation on here before when we did Teen Witch. So now we just get to add another layer. All right. <laughs> it always still surprises me, though, because I just posted something about Teen Witch this past week. It surprises me when people don't know about Robin and Blake. But then, you know, I was really invested in Robin as a child, like <laughs> style icon Louise Miller, you know. <laughs> so when Blake came onto the scene, that was Robin Lively's little sister. Right. You know what I mean? But so many people get on there and they're like, did you know she's Blake Lively's sister? <laughs> like, like, no, 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 bitch. you got that out of, <laughs> that out of order. <laughs> 
<laughs> Did you know she's Ryan Reynolds' sister-in-law? <laughs> back to Jason. Back to Jason. Back to sorry. Jason. Back to Jason. Well, actually, that's all we have to say about him. But we will add a caveat. This is a gigantic cast. Yes. So, you know, as they traipse all over Europe, they meet a lot of people. So we just picked a few standouts and like notable characters. So yes. apologies if you're listening and you were in this movie or if we skipped your favorite character. Yes. Apologies. Apologies. <laughs> So first we have John Aston as Kent Winkdale. He was the host of Pig and a Poke. We know and love him as Gomez Adams of the Adams Family TV show, although he's obviously been in a ton of things. I also had an oh moment when I realized that he is the adoptive father of Sean and Mackenzie Aston. I don't know why I never put that together. Oh. I did know it was from when he was married to Patty Duke, who was their mom. And I did know that Patty Duke was their mom, but I did not realize, like, I didn't make the Aston connection for some reason. Or if I did, it's way in the recesses of my mind and did not remember. I will fully admit that I did not make that connection. <laughs> <laughs> at least I'm not the only one in this room. There are probably people yelling and rolling their eyes at their phones right now. But... Of course he has. <laughs> then we have one of my favorites. William Zabka plays Audrey's boyfriend, Jack. It's hard to see him as anything other than Johnny Lawrence from The Karate Kid and Cobra Kai. But here he is in a kind of a sweet role-ish. Yeah. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> He's at least not punching anyone. Right, right. I miss Jack. Jack. Next up, we have Eric Idle as the bike rider. The Griswolds have several encounters with him all over Europe. He is in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and he created Spamalot, which is the musical comedy that's based on Monty Python. When I was a kid, I always thought that it was Gene Wilder. <laughs> they do I, look a lot alike. They do look a lot alike. Because yes. I, I watched it today because I needed to check something for the scene that happened right before then. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, that's not Gene Wilder. Boy, that looks like Gene Wilder. <laughs> And finally, we have Moon Zappa, who is Frank Zappa's daughter, plays the girl that Rusty meets in Italy, who is actually from California. Yes. Apparently, Beverly D'Angelo is good friends with Frank Zappa. So there's an assumption that that's kind of why Moon got that role. But ah. Who knows? She could have gotten it on her own. Yes. I'm sure she auditioned. <laughs> it's that time. Time for fun facts. <laughs> time for fun facts. Uh, imagine this is the first time somebody listens to us and they think that this is how we always are. Yeah, we are in a bit of a mood today. We so. are. We're a little a little loopy. Loopy. Apologize. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. So John Hughes was giving credit for writing and story due to the use of his characters that he created from the first movie, but he was not involved with European Vacation at all. So John had said that Warner Brothers begged him to do a sequel to Vacation, but he declined at the time. Oh. And of course, you know, he eventually would agree to return because he adapted one of his other National Lampoon stories, Christmas 59, into Christmas Vacation in 89. So they're just like using his name for this one. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. And there's another fact in here that kind of has something to do with that, too. But we'll talk about we'll it We'll get to get it there. later. Yeah. Check you later. <laughs> Sorry. References out the wazoo today. <laughs> wow. So Dana Barron was initially told she would be returning to the role of Audrey. But after Anthony Michael Hall was opting to star in Weird Science rather than return as Rusty, Heckerling requested that both children be recast, which is interesting because I think we both thought they just made the choice to recast both of the kids to be funny. Yeah, I definitely yeah. thought that. 
Because that's the way it is for all the rest of them, too. Right. So I just thought, oh, it's funny. Like, let them be different every time. Keep Clark and Ellen the same. Keep, like, Cousin Eddie the same, you know. But let's switch out these kids and act like we don't notice. Right. (laughs) Which I wonder if that's what they did in Christmas Vacation just because it was like, oh, that's the joke. Yeah, let's just keep it going. Mm -hmm. This is just a small fact, but the scenes that were supposed to be taking place in West Germany were actually shot in a German-speaking part of Italy called Brixen. One of my favorite topics, this movie grossed $12 million on its first weekend, which ranked number one in the box office, and it knocked Back to the Future out of the top spot, which had held it for the previous three weeks. But Back to the Future would regain the top spot for the next eight weeks. They were like, oh, no, They're we're like, not oh. taking our spot. Hold my beer. <laughs> European Vacation ultimately grossed about $50 million domestically and had a $17 million budget. Oh, wow. So it did pretty well. Mm-hmm. I love how I say, oh, wow, as if I didn't mm. find these facts. But I forget. It's like I, I write it, forget it. That's right. Well, the whole saying with that, now I can't remember how it goes. You think it, you write it, you forget it. Okay. <laughs> if that's not a saying, it is now. <laughs> Put it on a T-shirt. Now, I did add on a $17 million budget to that one. So it may be why it's unfamiliar to you. There you go. Doing my part. Oh, you're checking up on my facts, are you? Well, I wanted to know what the budget was, so I answered my own question. (laughs) So we all know Ellen calls Clark Sparky in all of the vacation movies. In the DVD commentary, Chevy Chase said that the nickname was Beverly D'Angelo's idea, and she still calls him that. She still calls him that today. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So you mentioned earlier that Dana Hill had type 1 diabetes, and this made shooting Audrey's nightmare scene where she's eating huge amounts of food difficult. She had to be very careful and avoid swallowing any of the food she was supposed to be eating. Yeah, that scene was the first thing I thought of when I read up about her diabetes. Yeah. I was like, oh, no. She can't do that. (laughs) But I'm so sad now that I know that. I mean, I just never knew. And so now when I watch that movie, that's all I'm going to think about. Right. So according to Chevy Chase, he and Amy Heckerling did not get along at all during filming. (laughs) Uh, And Amy once said that she disliked Chevy Chase so much that she refused to step on set unless she had a plane ticket to New York City in her hand so that she could leave anytime she wanted. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me laugh so hard. This is not a new thing. There are a lot of people in the industry who do not like him. Yes, that is true. It made me think of when Chris Columbus Mm -hmm. didn't want to do Christmas Vacation. John Hughes offered him Christmas Vacation. He didn't want to do it because he couldn't work with Chevy. And then that's when he got to do Home Alone a little bit later. I'm so curious, like, what he does that is so frustrating or annoying or angering. I've never really looked into it. I just always hear that people don't like him or that he's jackass. (laughs) So Eric Idle and Chevy Chase became friends after filming Wrapped. Not everybody hates him, Not everybody hates him. You can get along with him. (laughs) Shortly after the release of the movie, the two began working on a screenplay for a follow-up called National Lampoon's Australian Vacation. Ah. And aside from a few shark-related gags, neither would come up with much, so they quit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we could have done some good kangaroo work. Absolutely. Had some shrimp on the bobby. (laughs) Gone to the outback. Hung out with a koala. Killed an alligator. Thrown a boomerang. Got bit by a snake. Play a didgeridoo. Oh, did I win? Uh, Go on safari. No, wait. Go sailing. You win. You win. I messed it up. (laughs) That video camera that Clark is using to film Ellen during her shower routine. Yes. That later gets stolen in France was Chevy Chase's very own video camera. I feel like that was the 80s video Mm, camera. So big. 
Yeah, it had like the extension on the side. And handle. Yeah, it's huge. Okay, here's another fun fact adjusted for inflation. The $253 long distance phone bill, which Audrey racked up calling boyfriend Jack in Chicago, comes out to $694.14 in 2022. Wow. Impressive. Most impressive. (laughs) (laughs) So according to his passport info page, which they show at the beginning of the film, Mm -hmm. Clark Griswold's middle name is Wilhelm. Mm -hmm. I guess is how you would say that. That's what the W stands for. And he was born August 8th. Oh, that's an August 8th again. Look at that. 1945. Chevy Chase's birthday is August 8th, 1943. Goodness. wonder why they changed the age. Also, this is the only movie where Griswold is spelled G-R-I-S-W-A-L-D. In all the other movies, it's an O instead of an A. Could be because Hughes wasn't involved. Full disclosure, as I was reading through the outline you created, very early on, like when we were doing the cast, yeah. you have the Griswolds. and with an A? With an A. And I was like, oh, that's not right. <laughs> I changed it to an O. And then I was reading through the fun facts and I was just like, whoops, and went back and changed it to an A. It's one that I always have to check. And like, if I ever post about it and I do a hashtag, there is one for the O and there's one for the A. Yeah. So it's almost like you just need to do both because- right. Technically, it's both. Well, Google Docs did not agree with you. (laughs) And so then I was just like, hey, you're right, Google Docs. What do they know? They know nothing. (laughs) They've got no context. (laughs) So Clark could be seen wearing a T-shirt from Wally World, which was the Griswold's destination and vacation in 1983 in the scene set in Chicago where he films Ellen in the shower. Later, while the family is in Paris, Rusty is wearing a Wally World sweatshirt in the restaurant scene. And I'm 99% sure that Clark is also wearing a sweatshirt at some point when they're in Paris. I think when they're like, when they have the berets on. And ah. But they didn't have that listed. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure I saw him wearing the sweatshirt. Because I've actually read that Chevy Chase still has the Wally World sweatshirt. I wonder if they sell them. They must. I was just thinking that I really want one. Yeah, me too. Let's look into that. Okay. <laughs> So Rick Mayall, otherwise known as Drop Dead Fred, to me. And me. (laughs) Now, (laughs) which we've covered if you've not listened to that episode. He was first considered for the role of bike rider because both Chevy and Amy were big fans of The Young Ones, which was a British sitcom that aired in the early 80s. But Warner Brothers execs would not allow him to be cast because he wasn't very well known in the U.S. at the time. I mean, did that really matter, though? It's like, oh, I I know who this person is. Maybe he was. I don't know. I guess they wanted some familiar faces. Yeah. I'm trying to think like how big Monty Python was back then, which it was huge. Right. So I guess it was a name and somebody that people would recognize at that point. Right. And they're like, oh, you're going to pair up the Griswolds and then this guy from Monty Python. Mm -hmm. But it made me a little sad because I love him. But yeah. I, I get it. I mean, and, and you know, it's not like Eric Idle wasn't funny. Yeah. You know? I mean, he was really good in the role. Yes. I just love Drop Dead Fred. <laughs> I know. Me too. <laughs> so the unexpected bathroom guest in the London Hotel is Scottish actor Robbie Coltrane, who is known for having portrayed, of course, Hagrid in the Harry Potter films. Also, Derek Dedman, the cab driver, appeared in Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone playing a bartender at the Leaky Cauldron. <laughs> also, that, that's like the worst last name ever. Yeah, dead man? I mean, probably not ever, because there's probably someone that's like, p- <laughs> juice. <laughs> p- <laughs> juice, all right. We went different ways with that. <laughs> Butt slap. Uh, fart knocker. 
<laughs> Booger nose. Um, puke breath. Mouth p- <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen. Cut that, cut that, cut that. Cut that, cut that, cut that. All right. We're only in dirty mode right now. <laughs> <laughs> you naughty. Naughty. Okay, so just some small ones. This was the only original vacation film where Cousin Eddie does not appear. And it's also the first National Lampoon film not to receive an R rating. I don't think uh, Christmas Vacation did either. It did? No, I don't believe so. Well, okay, so it was the first out of the first two. (laughs) (laughs) The first of two. (laughs) They probably realized like, hey, families are going to go see this movie. Yeah. You need to... Get the boobs out of it. <laughs> That's essentially what they did. But there are boobs in that one. This one? Yes. Uh, when they go to like when Moulin they go to Rouge Germany. Oh, that's right. Moulin and Rouge when they go to Germany. And Germany. But then I'm like, were we watching an extended cut that oh, wasn't in the theater? Like the unrated because version. I didn't or really remember. I think you would remember. I didn't remember the German girl. I don't remember that. Dumping to be them honest. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are on one today. I tell you what. Exposing her breasts. <laughs> Dump them out. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, William Zabka appeared alongside Dana Barron, who played Audrey in the first film, in an episode of The Equalizer in 1985. Also in 85. Yeah. Working with both Audreys. A lot of crossovers. Both Audreys, and they're both named Dana. Mm. Last fun fact, after the movie came out, Chevy Chase said that he received a lot of letters from people saying that they, too, had gone to London and gotten stuck on a roundabout. I'm going to be honest, okay? I know how to use a roundabout. Here in the U.S. Yes. I've only ever used a pretty much a single lane roundabout. I think they have massive roundabouts in Europe. Yeah. And I'm not quite sure how they work. Like if we were going over there. Well, we've been there, but we didn't see one where we were. And the intent was to drive, that I would have to drive. I would study that beforehand because I don't know exactly how they'd work. Right. I just prefer to take the taxis even if they're not nice to us. (laughs) Most of them were. You're right. Some of them were lovely and others wanted nothing to do with us. I feel like it was just one person. The one guy wearing the shorts. Yeah, the one guy with the shorts was not having it. (laughs) I say that because it was December. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he had shorts on in December and he did not want us to pay with a card. Yeah. And we were not carrying any pounds. Yeah, we should have been. We just needed to to learn a little more about the ways ways of the Brits. You learn. (laughs) You ready for some favorite moments? Yes. I am. I may have combined several into one or two. You did. You've got some long favorite moments here. (laughs) All right. So number one, all the Audrey Jack stuff makes me laugh. It it does remind me of what it was like, like when you would go on vacation, completely cut off from talking to anybody, anybody that you might have a crush on or you're dating, major FOMO between them and then like whatever fun your friends might be having together without you. Mm -hmm. The worst. I do remember bringing a picture of a guy with me when I went to the beach with my family when I was in high school, but I didn't go as far as she did (laughs) with the tons of pictures all over her wall, like as if she were at home, including a huge poster of William Zabka. Yes. Which she probably got from like Walmart or something. She got from like Big Bopper. Big Bopper. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Although there weren't any creases in it. So yeah, it was probably like the poster section. Yes. At like, you know, Sam Goody or Camelot or something. For me, it was the Lift Bridge bookstore 
Oh. And then <laughs> when she calls him, they only talk for a second before his mom calls him for dinner. And she's like, oh, your mom's calling you to dinner? Okay, I'll hold. (laughs) She just needed to feel connected to him in any way she could. And then, of course, it made it worse because she found out that he was hanging with her friend. So that made her very stressed out. She just wanted to get back to Chicago with Jack. That's right. Broke her heart. Jack. But I love that she just sat on the phone while he was eating dinner with his family. (laughs) I'll hold. miss jack all right first one on my list the polite british fellows who clark gets into accidents with on a car and a bike the first one is just so very excited to meet an american (laughs) he's like oh no trouble at all no trouble at all (laughs) we experienced that we did a lot of people who were excited to hear our accents yes which is just so you know we live in the alternate world (laughs) where (laughs) we are excited to hear their accents exactly and they're like oh you're american we're like yeah yeah we're here on our honeymoon Oh, lovely. Lovely. Oh, honeyboat. Oh. Why would you come here? Yeah, they did. Uh, <laughs> and then we had the one guy who was trying to guess what region we were from or what state yeah. we were from based on close. our accents. He, he did. did get close. He guessed I was from North Carolina, I yeah. think. And did he guess New York for you? Uh, he might have. I feel like no. I feel like it was somewhere like, I don't know, not New York. <laughs> somewhere further south. He got close with you. <laughs> Let's say that for sure. I feel like he said like Pennsylvania or something like that for also, you. Also not that far away. That's not that far. No, not bad. A state away. Yeah. He did pretty he did a pretty good job, especially seeing that we're both people who don't really sound like where we're from. Yes. You know? Right. We've so. kind of lost our mm-hmm. regional accents. Yes. All right, back to the British guy. He gave Clark his bumper as a memento and, and says all of this. The second guy who Eric Idle plays is more than happy to help them find their hotel as he's like bleeding from his face. He's got cuts and a, like a gash on and his arm. Blood's like spurting yeah, out of his spurting wrist out or But he's so very polite and helping them. And they've run his bike over and busted his wheel. But uh, I don't know. It was just a fun take on British politeness. Number two for me is really four things, but it's all the dream sequences that they have while they're sleeping on their flight over there. So we have Ellen, where we see what appears to be the Queen of England and Princess Diana and Prince Charles, and they're bored, they're yawning until Clark and Ellen, Clark and Ellen Griswold are announced. And then they're so excited. They can't wait. (laughs) And Princess Diana wants the first dance with Clark. And he turns her down, saying... Oh, there you go again, Di. Listen, as you well know, the only princess in my life is my wife. And she gets the first dance. Sorry. <laughs> and then Diana just runs after him all distraught. No, Clark, no! <laughs> and that just makes Ellen so happy that he chose her over the princess. Then you have Clark, who's reenacting the famous scene from The Sound of Music, which is always funny. And then we get this great rendition. It's been around for a very long time I'm feeling so high that I just can't stand it It's as though I've been here for at least a week And this was actually shot in the same location where Julie Andrews filmed in the German Alps, which is like near the Austrian border. That's incredible because it did look You're like, like wow, the exact same spot. They really spot. found a place that looked just like yeah. that. <laughs> She's like, yes, they did. I do love that they, aside from the Germany thing, 
that they actually were over there. I mean, and of course you would need to be over there if you're filming European vacation. Yeah. But I mean, these days I feel like they would just try to fake it. Or build a set. Yes. Then you have Rusty, who's at this cool club with all these women dancing when he walks in and he turns around and you see his jacket and it says Rusty, the European tour. <laughs> so you know he's a famous, you know, rock star or whatever. Stole uh, that one from me, you did. Oh, I'm so sorry. You, you took all these dream sequences and Rusty was mine. Well, you could have told me. It's okay. I have others. There's right. plenty. Right pickings. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure they all got mentioned. And of course, all the ladies are dancing and groping him and he's just in heaven. Right. And then, of course, we have Audrey's dream, which was more like a nightmare. And we talked about it earlier where she's feasting on all this food at this fancy table. You've got the Jaws-esque music playing and Mm -hmm. the butler keeps bringing more and more food. Suddenly, she balloons out like she's Violet Beauregard and Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Gene Wilder reference. Also, great pronunciation of that last name. Beauregard? Beauregard. (laughs) I mean, you read this. It's a big name. I had to not think about it. I had to just say it. Nice. You know, poor girl was so worried that she was going to gain weight on vacation and that Jack would dump her. And what I hate is that, you know, we have the stigma or the just everyone's acting like Audrey's so fat. <laughs> yes. And, and she is not. Right. It's it's kind of like. Um, Pudge. Pudge. And Shag. Once yes. Once again, we shag. bring up Shag. Sorry. Yes. But <laughs> yeah, where they're acting like she's so overweight and she's not. There's, you can there's see her abs. Scene. You can see her abs. Oh, well, you're talking about Pudge. Pudge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, because we don't see her stomach, Audrey's stomach. But we do see Audrey's legs at one point during another scene, and she's tiny. She is tiny. It's just, it's annoying. It is annoying. But it is what it is. That's still a funny scene because she's just like, it's like she wants to be able to eat all that food, but she can't. Oh, Jack. Jack. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think we all daydream about being able to eat all that food. Oh, man. But you don't want to blow up like Violet. Right. And especially you don't want to turn blue. No. I mean, you don't want to get rolled out of the room like some blueberry. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely do not. Oh, we're on one. All right. My second favorite moment, the Drunken Beer Garden Festival brawl in Germany. Yes. That Clark starts while he's dancing on stage. Like he gets a little upset. Because people are slapping. Yes, they're slapping him in the face. Right. And he doesn't like it. But he starts a full festival brawl. The bells are ringing because they're going to hang somebody (laughs) in town tonight. (laughs) He interrupts poor Rusty and his uh, session with the German girl (laughs) session. (laughs) (laughs) But it was great. But as a side note to that, I love the giant German beers that they have because I love a giant beer. And I wanted one of those. So bad. Ooh, that and a pretzel with some beer cheese. A Bavarian pretzel in Bavaria. (laughs) Okay. Third on my list. We already talked about it, but the traffic circle. Yes. It has to be mentioned because it just goes on and on and on. And every time Clark says, Kit, Big Ben, Parliament again. It's just one of those memorable moments. All right. My third favorite moment, the car chase scene at the end through the city of Rome. First of all, I love seeing all these sites in Rome, mm-hmm. but it is absolute Griswold chaos. But it's also decently choreographed for a comedy. Like it's a pretty intricate car chase scene. So it's fun from that standpoint. And you get to see Rome. It's impressive. 
most impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, two in one episode. Boom. Wow. Okay, HMs, which once again this week we had someone ask what HMs are. Really? So we got to get in the habit of telling what they are every time. Honorable mentions. Okay, Ellen's dance to Big Spender. It's just very entertaining. Of course, I'm sure a big tease to anybody that was waiting for another reveal. We didn't get in on this one. Sorry. Sorry, folks. Sorry. But then later, when they get their camcorder stolen in Paris, they ask the guy to take like the little video of them in front of the fountain. And he keeps telling them to back up. And then they get in the fountain. They have to take off their shoes. This is where we get to see Audrey's purple jellies. The jellies. Perfect throwback. Love the jellies. I had purple ones as well and red and pink. And then they get in and then he just takes off with the camera. And of course, Ellen is immediately freaking out about the video. Yeah. And Clark's like, oh, it'll be fine. You erased that, right? Of course. We learn later, of course, that she should have been worried. She was right to be worried. (laughs) Her face is plastered. Yep. On a bus. (laughs) And a billboard. (laughs) All right. My first HM, when they get to the first hotel in London and Rusty says, Audrey, I think we better call the front desk. Something's wrong with this thing. We've only got four channels and no MTV. So very, very 80s. (laughs) Yes, very relatable. Yes. Could you imagine? No MTV. No MTV? At this point, they've only had it for like four years. Right. But it is life. It is life. Yes. It's like, what are you going to watch? I can't imagine going on vacation and not having MTV. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't care as much. But I remember being on vacation with my family when I was in high school and watching the real world in the living room and my dad coming in and being like, what is this? Because they were like, (laughs) they were like making out in a club or something, whatever season they were on in like 96. Oh, daddy, don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, daddy. (laughs) We have my Southern accent that I forgot about. I forget about it until I hear videos of myself from back then. It is a cute little accent. Oh, anyway. It's coming out now, just talking about it. Anyway. <laughs> so next up for me, I just had the shopping montage in Italy, mostly because I just love a good montage. Yeah. New looks screaming down the street for your attention. If you don't get a second glance, I'll make you feel good when you dance and it's no. And it's trying on different clothes and they were all like clothes that they would never normally wear. Yeah. But they had all that money. They now. were decked out. And... Yeah, they did very fashionable looks for Italy. Yeah, that was fun. I loved all their outfits. All right, my next HM, Rusty and Clark, hand fighting on the train. (laughs) It's when the kids are being super annoying, like Audrey's chewing her gum. Rusty's listening to his music like really loud, but then also singing along with it. He and Clark, like I think Clark's trying to turn his his Walkman off. But then they really start slapping each other's hands and stuff like that. And then Clark gives him one of those arm burns at the end. And he's like, that's the end of a fight. Uh It's like, as soon as you do that, okay, it's over. Stop, stop. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. done. You win. Yeah, that was a fun moment because it felt very real. It did. It felt ad-libbed, like they were just kind of messing around. Yeah, I'd like to know if it was or not. Yeah. And then my last one is not really a favorite moment, but kind of an ick moment, Mm -hmm. but just needed to be talked about when the host of the game show, right, is making out with Ellen and then like laying it on Audrey. Yeah. Who is a teenager. 
Gross. Gross. <laughs> um, but this was a parody of Richard Dawson, right. who used to kiss female contestants on Family Feud. But it's just. <laughs> it's a little icky. Yeah. And also with the game show, though, we noticed how neither of the husbands were listening to their wives. And they had it right, like, every time. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> Which I I get that that like that's it's part the of the joke, joke yeah. of like we're just going to be like these egotistical men. Who they know everything. Don't listen to our women. You know, you're just there to look pretty. All right, my final HM, the French waiter who is taking the orders from the Griswold family, and Clark is trying to order in French. He's got his little digital translator, mm-hmm. but the guy's just speaking to him in French and just absolutely roasting him. <laughs> <laughs> but they have no idea. They're like laughing along with him and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's fun. No, it is fun. Yeah. When you read the captions, it, it kind of feels like, oh, like you're in on a joke. You yeah. Know? Right. He's just saying whatever he wants to at that mm-hmm. point. But they're just so excited to converse with him, quote unquote, in French. Right. And he's yeah. just like, you don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <Do you?"> <laughs> <laughs> wow. I feel like we got through that really quick. I, I guess I felt like that a lot lately. Yeah. It's an hour and 10 minutes. So. <gasps> oh, not so much. Then. Not so much. We've been rambling. It's just been so fun. Time has flown by. Flying by. Well, then really quickly, we're going to throw in the top 10 songs from the week of August 18th, 1985. Now, this might not line up with when this episode is released, but it should be sort of close. And we got this from Top40Weekly.com. Thank you, (laughs) Top40Weekly.com. Number 10 from Heart. What about love? What about love? Don't you want someone to care about you? Number nine, Every Time You Go Away by Paul Young. Every time you go away, you take a piece of me with you. Number eight, If You Love Somebody, Set Them Free from Sting. Number seven, Summer of 69, Brian Adams. Those were the best days of my life. Oh, yeah. Back in the summer of 69. It's so hard not to sing these titles. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right, number six, We Don't Need Another Hero from Tina Turner. We don't need another hero. Number five, Freeway of Love by Aretha Franklin. Number four, from John Parr, St. Elmo's Fire. haven't watched that movie you need to watch it St. Elmo's Fire I know yeah. I, I mean know. I've have watched to. it we have know. to number three from Corey Hart Never Surrender so you lost and you can never surrender number two from Tears for Fears Shout 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 Let it all out 
number one for the week of August 18th, 1985 by Huey Lewis in the News, Power of Love. That's the power of love. a good list. That is a really good list. 1985. As Stacy said, some real bops on there. There are some real bops. There are. <laughs> As always, thank you for listening. Sorry for the silliness. Hope yes. that you, you know, don't think we're obnoxious. We'll try to turn it down to an eight. <laughs> for next episode, we was at a 10 for this one. We was. We was at a 10. <laughs> See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.